Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. In Genesis chapter, when God made heaven, God created the heavens and the earth, and God made man and told man that um, he blessed man and said, have dominion and replenish the earth. When he created man, his plan was not for man to fall. God will not create man because he wants man to fall. So when he was creating man, he didn't plan for man to fall. But he provided for man in every, at every level. So God didn't create man to fall. He created man for a purpose. And the purpose, as I've taught in the past, is he created man for man to have pleasure in God, enjoy God, and for him to be in man. So he created man for him to be in man, man being him. And he watched this, I like this, for him to enjoy man as man enjoys him. So that's, that's what marriage actually is supposed to be. All right, marriage is supposed to be for mutual enjoyment. When you look at marriage, it's actually it's telling you something bigger than humanity. That's why it's good not to, not to mess about with marriage. But marriage tells us something bigger than humanity. Marriage tells us more about, <clears throat> excuse me, marriage tells us, depicts more to us God's eternal plan for himself and man than just a male and a female loving each other and sharing their love together but and having children but actually so can you imagine that at god's in god's plan fruitfulness and childbearing or children will only come through the union between a male and a female a man and a woman, and particularly within the context of marriage. Mm. But be, for instance, God didn't create you to be sick, all right? Mm. But, so why am I falling sick? Because of the, the sin of Adam, creation. Every Bible says that um, creation has been subjected to futility. All right? Because of fallenness of man, everything fell. So that's why we fall sick. That's why we go through all kinds of things. That's why people grow and then they die. This whole thing. So actually, uh, God's plan was children to be born within the context of marriage. Right? Because it's not just context of marriage. Conception to take place within the context of intense fellowship. Pleasurable. Enjoyment. Now God created us so that man and God coming together will have mutual enjoyment. God enjoys us. We enjoy him. That is why Christianity without joy is really not complete. Something is wrong if you are a Christian and you don't have joy. Something is wrong. Even when you are getting born again from the very moment, there is this intense, deep, unexplainable feeling. So God made us for this deep-seated joy. So he created man, put him in the garden that he might, so he called the garden, it's a garden of pleasure, garden of Eden. Just enjoy. 
And he said, eat, he said, eat of every fruit. And he himself, God himself, packaged himself as a tree. <laughs> and stayed in the garden and he said, eat of every tree, enjoy it, including my, me, as a tree. And Satan managed to also come and package himself as a tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he said, oh, you know, you have to come this way, come this way. God told him, don't touch that one. But man went for it. And it looks like it shattered the program of God because God made man to be in man. Now Satan has entered. And he's poured everything. So man is fallen. And God had a plan to redeem man, but a redeemed man is not kind of, it will come across like, it's not the same as uh, an innocent man. So, it's like there is a conundrum which is called, a cos- which is like, it's cosmic in nature. The purpose of creation is gone. It's like it's lost. It's defiled. It's defiled. It's like Mary. Can you imagine Mary, the mother of Jesus, if she had been defiled when she was a child? It's gone. There's no way Mary could have been the mother of, because the mother must be a virgin. You know, so some things, once it's gone, it's gone. And so it looks like the plan of God is gone. So, but God managed to salvage the, the bed and, you know, redeem man. And, uh, but the plan of God, so it was like a big problem. But when it happened, God, kata, shakata, God himself who created, he had his own plan. And the plan was covered. And so in, general, in, in Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 29, Bible says that the secret things belong, there are things that no one can know. The secret things, said the secret things belong to the Lord, our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all that, all the, all, we may do all the ways of the law, of this law. So, but there are things that are secret. In Acts chapter 15 verse 18, Acts 15 verse 18, I like this text very much. It says that, known unto God from eternity are all his works. Known unto God from eternity are all his works. So whatever happened, God has solved it already. But it must be unfolded. So there was this man, his name is John. Because of preaching God's word, he was, I think, Genesis, uh, Revelation chapter 1, I think verse 9, I suppose so. He was put, it was from verse 9, he said, I think, I, John, both your, bro- uh, uh, both your brother and companion of the tribulation and the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was on the Isle of Patmos, uh, that is called, Isle that is called Patmos, for the word for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was preaching and they, they couldn't kill him. They killed him. He wasn't dying. They threw him on this island. No one was there to die. And whilst he was there, he had a revelation. And the Bible says that I, was, I, I saw the heavens open. I think, verse, what's verse 10? What does verse 10 say? Verse 10. And I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice as a trumpet. I was in the spirit. I was on the island. Sometimes, listen, sometimes being alone doesn't mean God has abandoned you. <laughs> Most of the time, if you want to go further within God, you may suffer being left alone. Yeah. I don't want to call it loneliness because it's not really loneliness. 
but sociologically, it may look like loneliness. People will abandon you. Your friends will say, oh, we don't want to leave her alone. You, they will call for meetings and, and leave you out. And sometimes you hear, oh, they met. No one mentioned. You can tell now you are being marginalized or you are, you are being left out. So John was left there, and then in the midst of all that, he didn't complain. And Bible says that, uh, I think chapter 4, look at chapter 4, verse 1. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. Thank you, Jesus. It says that, after these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. After this. So, this is he started having this experience that no human being has ever had. And then, look at the next verse. The, the next verse. Immediately, I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. What? No one has ever seen this. A throne, and one sat in heaven. Verse 3. Look at the presence of the verse. And he, he who sat there was like Jasper. Say, like Jasper. One of these next three weeks, three weeks, I'll probably speak about Jasper. He was like Jasper and, and a sardis stone in appearance. He was like a sardis stone in appearance, stone. Jasper and a sardis, and there was rainbow around the throne, rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. So, this is amazing. He was looking at these things. And he saw, go on, go on, he saw things. Around the throne were 24 thrones. And, sorry, and on the throne, I, I saw 24 elders sitting, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their eye. What? Perfect gold. There was, so he started seeing this thing, and then he saw, he saw um, four living creatures, and he saw in the midst, he saw numerous of angels, and he saw them stand before the throne. Then, after the scene, Go to chapter 5, verse 1. This is all part of the sin. Then chapter 5, verse 1. Let, let's all read it. Chapter 5, verse 1. Let's all read it together. Let's go. Somebody sat on the throne. Somebody sat on the throne and he said, the one who sat, the one who sat on the throne, he said, I saw in his right hand. What? A scroll. Say a scroll. A scroll. In those days, it's like a book. So the way I'm holding a book, a book. And what did he say about the scroll? He said that, I uh, saw the scroll, but, but the next verse. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice. Do you know the scroll? So what is this scroll at all? I told you. The title deed of the universe. After Satan messed everything, God still had his plan and program, and everything will end the way he's planned it. And he sat on the throne, and he had the mysteries of the universe, the title deed of the earth, in his hands. But now the problem, the issue is, who? Who can collect this thing and read it and unfold it? 
that is where the problem is. The problem is not he who sat on the throne. The problem was not what he had in his hands, which no one can read it. The problem is how are we going to access this for the plan of God to be unfa- wow. unveiled? Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. And so I heard a voice. Remember, known unto God how his works. A secret. The mystery of God is in his hands. And I heard, and then I saw a strong angel, an angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose the seal? It was sealed with seven seals. Sometimes, you know, when you are about to sign a document, maybe a lease agreement or something, or a legal agreement, document, sometimes at the back, you see maybe page five is this. It's like the seal. So in those days, when you have a, excuse me, you have a document, on the, on the top of the document tells you what everything, the, like the summary, this is this, this is this, this. So it's like that's what the seal, so even reading the seal alone, meant a lot. It gives you an idea what this document was about. But no one was worthy to. So there has always been this, watch this, there has always been and will always be this universal question which no one can unpack or can answer. Because this, this let me put a mystical question. There's somebody seated on the throne. There, no one has been able to unpack and unravel the, the key aspects of life before, after. Why? Because there is a scroll that has not been opened. And so he said, who is worthy? So, uh, who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose it? Lose the seals. And he said, I wept. So I want to show you something quickly. And he says, that puts it back on the screen. Who is worthy? And then verse, verse, four, so I, verse, four, verse 4. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or look at it. No one worthy. No one worthy. Say no one worthy. No one worthy. Verse 5. I wept. But one of the elders said to me, see, we saw the elders, 24, they, they all have golden crown. One of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose the seven seals. He has prevailed. Say, the lion has prevailed. The lion has prevailed. And verse 5, and it, it says that, then, verse 5, verse 6, sorry, verse 6 said, And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, a slain lamb. Not unslain, a slain, it has been slain. He was slain. Christ was slain on our behalf. So this depicts a scene after resurrection. After his death, because no man, and he said the lamb. No one. So when the lamb came and got slain and resurrected, he went. This is post-resurrection experience. 
Is someone getting what I'm saying? Yeah. So, the, to the lamb, as the, which uh, 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 having seven horns and seven eyes. So he said, don't worry, fear not or cry, don't cry, because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And then when I looked, I saw a lamb. Verse six, verse, sorry, verse seven. Oh, look at verse seven. Let's all read verse seven together. And I just can't imagine how it would be like. He came, he was standing. The lamb, I saw the lamb. No one, what no one has been able to do. The lamb went and took the scrolls from the hands of him who sat on the throne. And look at what happened in heaven, the scene. You like the scene. And then verse eight, verse eight. Let's all read, let's go. The four creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, which are the present. So they fell before the lamb. When did they fall? After he had taken the scrolls. He didn't go, he didn't go and snatch it. He had the The mystery of the ages was unpacked after the resurrection. He went and took the scrolls. And then what did they do? Go, the next verse, verse 9. And they sang a new song. Let's go. Saying, you are worthy to take the scrolls and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. You are worthy, they sang a new, this is the, the content of the song. You are worthy to take the scrolls, to take the scroll, sorry, and to open the seal. Take it and open it. See, the bigger questions and unanswerable questions in life, the lamb has it. Outside of Christ, your life is full of questions. You may look very put together cool, but <laughs> you are not complete. Most people outside of Christ, are live, they live in fear. Mm-hmm. Or they have to massage their mindset so much that it looks like, okay, that's why it's, it's a cheaper option to say, to say that there's no God. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a way of escape. It's opiate or opium on the people to escape that uh, I say there's no God, some, uh, one way or the other, it begins to massage my conscience. That there's nothing to be afraid of anymore. There's nothing to, yet, the questions of life, the bigger questions, whether you like it or not, you give an account for your, the life you have lived. Yeah. Yeah. You give an account. It's not just like, like, no, don't think it's just here. Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse, I think 23, 22, 23, the, the says that, in the wisdom of God, it has pleased God that men through wisdom will not find him. Since in the wisdom of God, the wealth through wisdom did not know God. You see, so those who want to do, use medical research or uh, scientific research to think they'll find God, God said, me too in my wisdom, other than that you control people. So it won't take your academic acumen, academic prowess to discover me. It will take an intensity of heart and humility of heart. <laughs> so if you ask God, why did you hide yourself? That's how I chose to do it. Yeah. So that those who genuinely want me, they'll find me. 
Wow. I think we should clap for this, our God. All right, so what's the point? Worthy is the lamb who was slain. So they sang the song. Let's look at verse, um, verse 11 and 12. Let's look at verse 11 and 12 from the screen, please. Let's read it out loud. Let's go. Thousands and thousands of thousands. Verse 12. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Hallelujah. Say, Worthy is the Lamb. Say, Worthy is the Lamb. So they fell and started worshiping him. Singing to the Lamb, these, these uh, elders, heavenly elders, and the four, four living creatures, and the thousands, thousands of thousands of angels, they all were singing to the Lamb. They didn't sing to, they were singing to the Lamb. The Lamb. Yeah. Verse 12 again. The Lamb. Sing. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom. That's what these ones are saying. But in the verse 9, the 24 elders in the verse 9, and they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll. Now, let me round this up. When most of the songs we sing in church about the Lamb being worthy, or the hymns about the Lamb being worthy, when you look at the content of the song, it was, it's really about, let's look at the contents of the songs quickly. That song, Where is the Lamb? Thank you for the cross. From the, from the beginning, let's all say it out. Let's go. No, no, from the beginning. Thank you for the cross. All right, let, let's go. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the price you paid. Let's go. Uh-huh. Love you came and gave amazing grace. Thank you for the, this love, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Wait, so have you realized that all that has been said is about redemption? It's all about redemption. Well, how the Lamb, thank you, you, are, you, you, you did this for me. You saved me, you saved us, and you delivered us. You are really... Go, go to the next part of the song. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Uh-huh. We crown you now with many crowns. You reign victorious, high and lifted up. Jesus, Son of God, the darling of heaven crucified. It's about redemption. Crucif- it's redemption. So when, that's okay. It's okay to talk. But look at Revelation chapter 12. Sorry. Chapter 5, verse 12 again. He said, they, they said with the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Redemption. All right. To receive power and riches. And, and so he was slain. He's worthy to receive power. That is, who sang, who sang this song? Who said this thing? Verse 11. Let's see who said this. Verse 11. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the, uh, the living creatures and the elders. And the, the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands. So watch this. That's 
They were saying these things. Right. Worthy is the lamb. They were singing. That, they were saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was then to receive. All right. So the lamb is worthy to receive. The lamb is ready to receive what? Verse 12. To receive what? Let's go. The lamb is ready to receive what? Uh-huh. <laughs> to receive riches and wisdom yeah. and strength. And he received. He's worthy. Say he's worthy. He's worthy. Say he's worthy. He's worthy. But when we talk about the worthy lamb, we, humanity, and actually the throne, focus on one aspect of his worthiness. We focus on the aspect of his worthiness because like, he's ready to receive these things. Why? Because he was slain, verse 10, verse, verse, from verse, verse, verse 9. Let's go, verse 9. Verse 9. And I'm, verse 9. Uh, Where is the lamb take the scroll, slain, and have redeemed us? You see? Redeemed. Uh, one day I'll talk about the redeemed us. Okay, but redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, nation. All right, so the worthiness of the lamb is, why is he worthy? Because for you were slain. You are worthy because you died to redeem humanity, to die so that you are worthy. Okay, so one aspect of the worthiness of the lamb is because of redemption. But when you look at the text in heaven, look at the verse 2 again. This is where I'm going. Verse 2 of chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. Verse 2, he says, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to receive honor, power, glory? Who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose the seal? Get it? Who is worthy not to receive honor, power? That one is okay. Receiving the honor, power, glory is because of the actual worthiness because there is no one who could do what you... The mystery of life, the secret of life, no one is worthy to take the scroll. No one. So his worthiness is first of all, he is worthy to take the scroll. He is worthy to open the scroll. He is worthy to unravel the mystery of life. Amen. Amen. But, uh, listen, look at, then verse 3 said, uh, no one in heaven, nobody. Verse 4, I wept. Mm. Verse 5, one of the elders said, don't weep. Why? Watch this, watch this, watch. Why did he weep? It's there, it's in verse 4, verse 4, okay. verse 4. So I wept, why? Oh, come on, preach with me. I wept, Why? That is what the problem was. We needed someone worthy to open the scrolls. We needed someone worthy to open and read the scroll and to look at it. That's where the problem was. So he said, I wept because there's no one qualified enough. Qualified enough. And watch this. And he said, Don't weep. Watch verse 5. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep because, watch this, watch this, because what? The light of the tribe of Judah. The root of David has been 
You missed something here. You missed something here. You missed something here. Do you know which? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, the, the, the root of David is just in, in brackets, that's right. But the lion of the tribe of Judah has, has, watch this, watch this. Prevailed mean conquered, overcome. Watch this. Prevailed to. You need to prevail to do it. If you haven't prevailed, you can't do it. Lionic nature of Christ is depicting the overcoming strength. He is depicting, he has overcome something. Oh, in John chapter 16, verse, verse 33, he said, in this world, you have tribulation. Hallelujah. John 16:33. John 16:33. Makatatata. I'm telling you. He said, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have prevailed. For I have prevailed. I have prevailed. He said, I should tell you the issues about your future, about your children, about your health, about your finances, about your marriage, about your family. Fear not, because he has prevailed. He has overcome on our behalf. He has overcome on your behalf. Shout the lion has prevailed. Please be seated. When you hear bad news, remember there is a prevailing lion on your part. Because I said, in this world, you will hear bad news. Evil things will happen. But don't be afraid. He's actually said, be of good cheer. Don't let that news pull you down. Don't let that report destabilize you. This is what you got to do. Stay fixed on God. Stay hooked onto God. Because if He has prevailed, you may not have anyone to do it for you. But ah, the lion has prevailed. You know, sometimes you get to a place in life and you're wondering, so what should I do? You're confused. This news you just heard. What, what did I do? But sometimes you don't even know who to call and tell. You know, you, you, you are surrounded with this complex situation which you know I'm about to go down. I don't know. I don't know. Hey, remember. Don't forget. You have a lion. 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 And the lion has prevailed. I feel like preaching now. Listen to this. I dare to say to you that medical issue that you are so worried about, if you can trust the lion, he has prevailed. He has prevailed. You pretty young ladies here who are so worried because you are not getting married. Oh, come on, give me a break. Why are you worried? Why are you afraid? The lion has prevailed. You will be sorted. You will be taken care of. Your portion will get into your hands. That's the real problem. It is. It's not really your behavior. It's your unbelief. 
you are too filled with unbelief. That is what is paralyzing God's hand in your life. I can't, I don't even know why. You will be a Christian and don't care to believe. It's a tautology. Christianity is about belief. That's what I said. That's what. It's faith. Faith. The evidence is what you hear. The evidence of God's goodness, of God's promise. What shows that God will do it? What shows that He will do is what you, what you are hearing. Once you hear it and it's from God's word, that means that is his evidence. Why are you so afraid? Most satanic attacks get fulfilled because of fear. Can you, can you imagine? They were in the middle of the storm and their boat was filling very rapidly with water. They were panicking because now, these are experienced fishermen. They knew that now, all it's like you are mid-air, yeah. some thousands of feet above sea level, yeah, yeah. and both engines of plane, they have two engines. The planes, maybe your plane has only two engines. Yeah. Both engines fail. Thank you. One is on fire, the other one is failed. It's obvious that you won't land. It's obvious. And you are over the Atlantic. It's obvious that you won't land. And Jesus, in the midst of something like this, asks them, why are you so fearful? So the problem is your fear, not God's ability to do something. You are so afraid, and Satan is feeding on your fear. Your fear is feeding Satan. And Satan is gaining grounds in your case. He said in Revelation chapter 17, verse 14. Revelation 17, 14. This will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb is a prevailing Lamb, He is an overcoming Lamb. Doesn't matter what war rises against you. When you walk with God, this, you see, see, this is what, what, listen, this is one of the funny aspects of life. In life, whether you come to church, you don't come to church, problems are about to come. So don't say I'm in church and this problem is coming. No. Before the problem came, if you are in church and you are in faith, the answer is already provided before the problem. The problem that can sink your destiny has not yet been found by the devil. Amen. If you are in Christ and in faith, Amen. your destiny is unsinkable. Why? Because he prevailed. Let me end this. Let me finish this thing. Let me run up. He said, we want somebody who is worthy to take the scroll, open it and read it. There's nobody. God's eternal program in the document. Since Adam fell, no one has been able to open it. So it's like, so what is God going to do? He has got a plan. 
everything is planned out, it's going to be beautiful. How can it be open and executed? Somebody must do it. Nobody on earth, nobody in heaven, no one under the earth. There's one alone. So when I cried, the elder said, don't cry, because the lamp, is that what he said? What did he say? He didn't say the lamb. He didn't say the lamb. So that is why dealing with him only in the area of redemption is not complete. He's not just a redeemer, he's a defeater. He's a conqueror. He's an overcomer. He overcame the devil. So he didn't just redeem us, he overcame, he paralyzed the devil and redeemed us to God. Now we are in church, oh, you redeem me, you redeem me, you redeem me. He said he's worthy not be only because he redeemed us, he's worthy, watch this, he's worthy to take the scroll. It is the plan of God that is in question, not your enjoyment. Yeah. Wow. Okay. wow. God has plans for your life, don't, doesn't he? He does. That's why I started by saying that you don't just... You don't intend to marry and divorce. Why, 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 why would you just build a house and then finish and break it down? You won't do that. So God will not package you and say, now let anything destroy you. The totality and the success story of your life is packaged in God's original intention and plan. But it must be first taken, opened, and applied. And it cannot happen outside of a prevailing lion who also is the lamb. So he's not just a lamb. Watch this. Let me throw a little bit light on this. He said, John, verse 5 of Revelation 5, he said, do not weep. Okay. He said, do not weep. Why? Because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open. He has pre- so actually, somebody, there's, Satan doesn't know it. Satan is blocked from everybody. But this, this one, he overcame the devil. He had the pro- answer to the problem, overcame, prevailed to take it. And to open it. And so he said, let me turn and look at this lion. Mm -hmm. And he realized that what is being described is being termed a lion. It's actually a lamb. A lamb with a lionic status. He's actually Makadasha Rabadasokayash. Watch this. He had dual qualifications. That's what made him worthy. Qualification number one, prevail over the devil, overcome. Qualification number two, redeem us as a lamb. It took this dual qualification and nobody had this qualification. Dual qualification to take the scrolls. Next time, I'm going to focus and talk about this scroll that has been opened, the mystery of the ages. So from Revelation chapter 6, it says, the first seal, 
the second seal, the third seal, the the seventh seal. He opened all of them and began to read them. He began to play them out. And we saw the the, the, entire program of God for humanity, for your life, for my life, for our lives, and for the earth. Because Christ prevailed to make it possible. He said, weep not, because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to take the scroll and open it. And then when I, I turned, actually, he was talking about a lamb. So this lamb is actually a prevailing lion. So there's nowhere in the rest of the scriptures or rest of Revelation, you see him being described, where he is the lion. No. no. He's the lamb. But this lamb has a dual status. I saw a lamb, I didn't see a lion. But it's described as a lion, a prevailing lion, an overcoming lion. Every satanic planting in your life, anything in your life that is not of God, I, re- I release empowerment over your life. I declare be empowered to overcome. I see your testimony coming because you are prevailing in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are prevailing in the name of the Lord Jesus. Before the end of this month, your testimony is showing up. You have prevailed. Concerning your marriage, you have prevailed. Concerning your family, you have prevailed. Concerning your career, you have prevailed. Concerning concerning your finances, you have prevailed. I prophesy you have prevailed. Because of the Lamb. Concerning your Christian life, you will not backslide. I see you prevailing. I see you prevailing. I see you prevailing. From today forward, every time you see the worthiness of the lamb, don't restrict it to just the redemption. He actually, the worthiness of the lamb is primarily, according to verse 9, verse 2 and verse 9, because he was worthy to take, worthy to take the scroll and to open it. That's why they sang the song for him. That's why they sang the song to him. Because we need someone who has the cosmic answer. The global answer. The universal answer to the universal quagmire. The universal complexity and the problem. Somebody who is where the answer is in the hands of God. But he can't, it can't be open and fulfilled. There must be one. That's why all other religious leaders, Jesus said, He's not a religious leader, excuse me. If you say he's a religious leader, you are just ignorant. You are ignorant. He's not a religious leader. He didn't start a religion. He died to save humanity. He died. Read read the Bible. There's nowhere in the Bible he said he started anything. He didn't start anything. That's why he didn't write a book. He didn't write a book. But the Bible, even though Jesus didn't write it, but the Bible were written by over 40 authors who lived in the space of about 2,000 years. Some of them never knew anybody. They never knew any of the other writers. But everything they wrote 
was coherent, was coherent and relevant and provable. It was coherent, consistent. It was consistent with the truth and coherent with the times. Several men, they never, some of them had different educational background, different socioeconomic situations. Some of them lived in different parts of the world. They didn't know, but how come these people wrote and everything was talking about one thing? Anything only one man does. Have you ever seen any one-man political party? No, not at all. If you are a company and you are the only one who is the boss, you are the signatory and a successful company, you are not a successful company. You can't be only one person. You are not employing anybody. You are the only em 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 employee and employer. But let me finish this. Jesus didn't write a book. Jesus didn't write a song. Jesus didn't start a school. But there's nobody in history who has more songs written for him, more books written about him, more schools open for him. He did not start a religion. Actually, he came to be killed. Why did he have to kill? Because he came to overcome death. So how can you overcome death if you don't die? So they killed him, but whilst he was dying, he was dying, it's called the vicarious death. You were supposed to die because you were that bad. But he died for you, so God doesn't see you as bad. Let the religious guys get, get off your back. Oh, come on. You are in Christ, you are not bad, you are in Christ. You are not bad, God sees you. You are a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. But he died on the cross. Because he's not coming to start a religion, but he's coming to rescue humanity. Yes. He's not only rescue humanity, he's coming to defeat and overcome the devil. And then with those two status, he's now going to take the scroll and open the answers for the universe. Answers for the universe. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.